This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So glad you decided to join me today, whether that's by listening, whether that's by watching. So happy that you chose to be here today to invest some of your hard-earned time, which I know is your most precious resource because it is not renewable. I don't take that lightly, so thank you so much for doing that. What I want to talk to you guys about today, uh, today's going to be a solo episode, so it's just me. Uh, leadership is really what's coming to mind, what it means to be a leader. Um, I'm fresh off of recording an episode that's going to be coming out soon with a fabulous, fabulous lady. Her name is Ruby Freeman. She wrote a book called Potent Leadership. I'm not talking specifically about potent leadership today. I do that in my interview with her. So be sure to check that out when it comes out in the very near future. But I wanted to talk to you about leadership today. And it's just, it's been on my mind. It is something that I study. It is something that's important to me. I try to learn all that I can about leadership. I try to become the best leader I can not just a once and for all sort of thing, but on a, on an ongoing regular basis. Another reason why I wanted to talk about leadership today is because every time I seem to look in my feed for social media, if I ever happen to turn on the news, which is rare, I actually see more news things in social media than I do on television. I'm just, I'm disheartened by what I see about these supposed leaders and their lack of leadership about not doing what's in the best interest of others. Now, I, this podcast is not about being political and I have no interest in talking about politics on here at all. Uh, that's just not what this is for. This is called relationships and revenue. And I can tell you that when it comes to relationships, Learning how to be the best leader you can be, first and foremost, of your own life is without a doubt the best thing you can do. Because if you don't know how to lead you, how in the world could you possibly lead somebody else? It can't be done. You have to be able to lead yourself well. That, of course, begs the question, who am I? Or in your case, who are you? If you don't know who you are, you can't lead yourself well. So learning how to figure out who you are and what you're about is of utmost importance. Once you're able to identify those things, then you'll be able to move forward and to be able to lead yourself. And as you begin to lead yourself well, then and only then will you truly be able to lead others. Now, let's talk about some of that for a minute. I've got some different definitions of leadership, and I just want to throw them out there. I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but I want to throw them out there because they are available. So here's one that I got straight from the dictionary, and it says this. Leadership is the action of leading a group of people or an organization. I'm like, okay, that's so generic, it's not even helpful, honestly. So then I got this definition, and it comes from Forbes. and says this. leadership 
is a process of social influence which maximizes the efforts of others toward the achievement of a goal. All right, well, that's a little better. Um, here's another one, another definition. It says leadership is the art of motivating a group of people to act toward achieving a common goal. So it's similar to the one before, but not exactly the same. Um, I will say this, John Maxwell refers to leadership as influence, nothing more, nothing less. I think perhaps there's a little more to it than that, but it is a good place to start. And I will say that his team has this definition. They say the heart of leadership is serving others first before yourself. Well, that's true. The heart of leadership is about serving others, but I would say that if you don't know how to lead yourself, if you don't know how to take care of yourself, if you don't know how to serve you, how in the world can you possibly serve other people? But I think what they're talking about there is this idea of being selfish and focused only on you and not being focused on other people. So when they say serving others first before yourself, I think that's what they're talking about. So let's dig a little deeper into this whole idea of these different types of leadership. So I talked about self-leadership or leading yourself. What does that even look like? Because um, I'm sure some of you may be saying, all right, John, this idea of leading myself sounds intriguing, but where do I begin? What do I even do? Well, it goes back even further. It's not just about leading yourself. It's who are you? And there are a lot of things you can do to try and identify who you are, but that it starts with something as simple as figuring out what you're about. Um, what is it that is most important to you? You've heard of coming up with these mission statements. Well, there's such a thing as having a personal mission statement. Um, that's something I would highly recommend doing, figuring out what's most important to you and then writing out a concise statement that just lays it out there. For those of you who are business owners or who run businesses, you do that with your organizations. Well, do that for yourself. Do that for your life. Because if you can do that for your life, then you're able to lead better from that. So start that. I mean, make it as simple as process is easy. I have found that when you overcomplicate something, it gives you an excuse not to do it. So let's make it easy. Get yourself a stack of post-it notes and just start writing down things that are important to you. Things, people, whatever it is, write them down. There's no judgment. Uh, it's just, it's a brain dump for you more than anything. So you're writing these down and you're sticking them up. Stick them up on your whiteboard, on your wall, on your door, on your bathroom mirror, wherever it is, just stick them up there. And again, it doesn't have to be in any order to begin with. Order comes later. So you're just, you're getting them all out. Now, once they're out, then you start organizing, you know, by whatever criteria you use, you know, things that are similar. You could have some overlap on some things. And then you can begin to narrow down, you know, things like what are my top 10 things? So you can, you don't get rid of the other ones. You just move them to the side and then you see the top 10. Okay. Then you go from top 10 there to a top five, then a top three. As you get to the top three, that kind of gives you a really clear picture or should at least give you a clear picture of what is the most important or the top three anyway, things that are important to you. And those should help shape what your mission statement is. And as you're able to do that, as you're able to begin to identify what's important to you, 
or for me, what's important to me, that gives me a much better idea of who I am and then what direction I need to be headed. And as I'm guiding myself that way, as I'm pointing myself that way, as I'm doing things to make myself better to get that direction, whether that means I am learning from others, I'm finding a new coach to help direct me that way, I'm taking online courses, whatever it is that you're doing, and I recommend all those things, things that are going to help you, that helps you grow as a person and then helps you grow as a leader as you're able to lead you, then you can begin leading other people. I'm not saying don't lead other people. I'm saying how important it is that you lead yourself well first. Now, into this whole idea of servant leadership, there are scores of books, articles, podcasts, that sort of thing on this particular subject. So what I'm sharing is definitely not the be-all, end-all of servant leadership. It's not at all. I'm just beginning to touch the subject, not for myself, but to be sharing with all of you today. So the one thing I would share with you is something that Ruby shared with me. And Ruby has a chapter in her book. Again, the book is called Potent Leadership. I'll put a link to that in the show notes so you guys can get that, pick that up because I highly recommend doing it. But what she talks about is the difference between performative leadership and potent leadership. Uh, if those of you who are watching, you see me stretching my neck. I, I have the chapter open over here in front of me. I was stretching my neck to look at it. But this whole idea of this performative leadership is like the old way of being a leader. It's like ruling with an iron fist. It's my way or the highway kind of thing. But folks, that doesn't work. It just doesn't. It's not helpful to anyone. It doesn't build anybody up. It certainly doesn't help you create other leaders. And in my opinion, the best leaders are reproducing. They're creating other leaders. That's what great leaders do. So in servant leadership, that's a part of it. It is serving other people, but at the same time, it's not just serving them. It is empowering others. One of the best things I've ever done as a leader is to remove myself from a situation, to keep my fingers out of things and to allow others to do what they do. And if they make mistakes, so what? They're able to learn from that. It helps them get better. I wish, I wish, I wish I had learned how important failing is earlier in my life. I really wish I had, because I think I'd be much further down the road as a leader, as a man, as a dad, as a friend. But I learned it when I did. And so now all I can do is try and share that with all of you and others that I come in contact with, how important failing is, because failing means trying. It also provides the opportunity to learn and to get better. So this whole idea of servant leadership and how important that is. It's recognizing the worth of the other person first and foremost. That's servant leadership. That's what it's about. It's about you saying, I'm not more important than you. In fact, I'm so not more important than you that even though there's a job that you should be doing, I'm going to do it 
to show you that I'm serving you. That's one way of approaching it. It's not the only way, but it is a way. You know, one of the things that I try to do in the way that I show leadership is I try to show appreciation. That's something that I think is critically important and is missing a lot in people that claim to be leaders. I don't see that very often. Uh, part of that also fills a need for me because there, there is a thing inside of me. Let me back up for just a minute. Dr. Gary Chapman, the five love languages. I realize when it comes to leadership, that may sound weird talking about love languages, but it is. Love languages also show an indication of how people prefer to receive appreciation. It is how they want to receive love, but it is an indication of how they like to be appreciated. Well, there is one of the five is gift receiving or receiving gifts is how they refer to it. Um, I would add that there is another or a sixth category that is related to that, and it is gift giving. That is something that's hugely important to me. I love doing that. And part of that is because I'm a detail-oriented person and I love to learn things about people. I remember little things about people and even years later, I'll remember back on something and maybe provide a gift or find out somebody likes their favorite whatever, like their favorite orange juice I'll find out about. And then I know they're coming to an event that I have and I can provide that favorite orange juice. And then you're like, you know what? I, nobody ever carries this kind of orange juice. How did you know? It's like, oh, well, you know, back when a few years ago, we were talking about this, that, and the other. I remember hearing you say that. And, and they're always so thankful that I remember that. That's not why I do it. I do it because I care and I want to provide something that I know the other person will like and appreciate. So paying attention to that sort of thing is important. Providing gifts to me is one way that I show appreciation for other people. So my question to you is, what are you doing? How are you showing others how much they mean to you? Whether those people are a part of your family, they're some of your friends, or they're part of your teams. How are you showing appreciation for others? Because when you do, ultimately, that leads you to a, a better place. And that better place for you is this whole idea or living in this world of gratitude. Yes, I'm saying the word gratitude. We hear about it a lot. I know one of the things that's really important for me is to be able to talk about gratitude on a regular basis and to express that gratitude as well on a regular basis. Sometimes I, I'm writing them out. Sometimes I actually verbally give it to people. But being grateful is just so helpful. It, it helps. It clears my mind. It calms my spirit. It allows me to be able to focus better. And so that's something I would definitely recommend when it comes to being the best leader that you can possibly be is just have that attitude of gratitude, truly. And now that I happen to mention the word, let's talk about attitude and how important that is in leadership. If you constantly think people are out to get you or are trying to harm you or your business in some way, that's not a good place to be. It's not a good way to live. To be honest, most people aren't thinking that much about you. Not really. It's kind of a sad state to be in, I realize, but that is how it is. 
And so that doesn't mean we have to be that way, regardless of how others are relating to us. We always have a choice in how we respond to them. And our attitude has everything to do with how we respond. Um, you know, I like to talk about my favorite teacher and the things that he talks about. And my favorite teacher talks about repaying evil with good, repaying harshness with calmness and love. Is that you? Is that how you respond to those situations? Now, I would love to sit here and tell you that every single time that something challenging came along or sometimes someone's being mean to me in whatever way, that I responded in that calm way and with love in my heart. And that would be a big fat lie. Because I don't always do that. But I do it way more now than I used to. And that's because I am more focused on that. And that I'm taking the attention off of myself and putting it on other people's and trying to be empathetic and trying to understand where they're coming from. And that many times when people lash out, they're not actually lashing out at me. It's there's something else going on in their lives that's the cause of it. And I try to realize that as much as I possibly can. And I also try to offer grace and understanding during those times. Okay, so let's go through some characteristics of what it means to be a leader. Now, these don't originate with me. These come from John Maxwell, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. So number one is character, who the person is. Um, he says that true leadership always begins with the inner person. Don't really know a better way to say it than that. That's completely true. Uh, number two, relationships. It's who the person knows. Uh, when you build the right kinds of relationships with the right people, you can become the real leader in any sort of organization. Even if the organization's just yours and it's a solo shop and it's just you. Because remember, we talked about before, leading you first. Always important. Number three, knowledge. What the person knows. And Maxwell says it this way, whenever he was new to an organization, he spent a lot of time doing homework before he tried to take the lead. So learning as much as you can before attempting to lead, always a wise thing to do. Number four, intuition. What the person feels. Leaders seek to recognize and influence intangibles such as energy, morale, timing, and momentum. Number five, experience where the person's been. Maxwell says the greater challenge, excuse me, the greater challenges you face as a leader in the past, the more likely followers are to give you a chance in the present. Just kind of makes sense. When you've had Pat, when you've done it in the past, it's more likely you're to do it in the future. Number six, past success. He says this, every time I've extended myself, took a risk and succeeded, Followers had another reason to trust my leadership ability and listen to what I had to say. Because trust me, anytime you try something new, it is risky. But it's worth it in the end. Because even if you make a mistake, even if you don't technically succeed, whatever that 
happens to look like, you still have the opportunity to learn from it. And number seven, ability, what the person can do. The bottom line for followers is what a leader is capable of. They want to know whether that person can lead the team to victory. That's what they know. Do you have it? Is it within you? Those are all characteristics of what it means to be a leader. One of the best people I know out there who knows leadership so well, talks about it with frequency, and continually gets better at it is Craig Rochelle. He has a podcast called the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. I highly recommend checking that out. It comes out once a month. And the great thing about it is if you get on the email list for it a few days before the episode comes out, which is the first Thursday of every month, you will get emailed the show notes and included in the show notes are questions. And especially if you have a team, it's fabulous for you guys to go through the episode together and then you can go and work through the questions together as a team. Highly recommend doing that. But when he talks about leadership or being a great leader, he has several things to say. And some of the things he says are like these. And this one I definitely believe to be true. You don't need to be, or excuse me, you don't need to have a title to be a leader. Leadership is about trust and influence. And that is 1000% true. Some of the best leaders I've ever known never had a title because they knew how to lead well. The best leaders not only know how to lead themselves well, and they know how to lead others who are, okay, you'll pardon the phrase, below them, meaning organizationally, not in value. But they also know how to lead up, meaning people who are higher up in the food chain, so to speak, than they were, they knew how to lead those folks. Now, that is a tremendous skill set to learn. That's something we can talk about another time. Not going to delve into that too much today. But so the idea here is as leaders, we have a choice. We can make excuses or we can make a difference, but we can't do both. All right. So how in the world do we become leaders that people love to follow? It's interesting. Um, Forbes magazine did some research on this and they said they posed this question to bosses and employees. And the question was this, what do employees need from a boss to become better? The top two things that bosses said was that they needed to be better at finances and better at technology. The top two things that employees said were they need leadership from the boss, as in, where are you taking me? And the second thing is they need, bosses need emotional intelligence. How are you treating me? Interesting. Very, very different perspectives. Very different. So if you are a part of a team where there is a great leader, what is that great leader doing 
to make you feel. And Craig says there's three things. And they're these. You feel valued, you feel inspired, and you feel empowered. Those three things. So if that's true, how do we, as leaders, create an environment where people can feel those three things? So number one, we need a heart to care. We'll never be leaders that others love to follow if we don't love people. I mean, it's true. I mean, people need to know that we care about them. And how do we do that? We tell them, we show them, we demonstrate it to them over and over and over again, showing appreciation. You heard me say that before. Appreciation is so important. Saying things like, I noticed you did da 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 da, or you matter to me. And you matter to this team because of da 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 da. So that is one way that we can help people feel the things they need to feel. We have to show them that we care, that we have heart. Second thing is we have to demonstrate that we have a passion to inspire. And remember, there's a difference between inspiration and motivation. Motivation pushes people to do something they don't necessarily want to do. Inspiration pulls out of them what's already there. So let's be the inspiring kind rather than the motivating kind. So that's why I have kind of changed when I talk about myself as a speaker. Yes, I am a professional speaker, but... When people ask me the type of speaking I do, they ask me if I do motivational speaking. I stay away from that title. I say I do more inspirational speaking. That's not the only kind I do, but it is one kind. Something else that's important to know, employees who describe themselves as inspired are twice as productive as those who are not inspired. Humility inspires, pride discourages. So being a humble person with those who are under your care and with whom you lead is so critically important. Follow through inspires. It's just going to encourage other people to continue to do the great work they're doing and to make them want to follow through because if they're seeing you do it, they're definitely going to want to do it. I love this next one. It's really, really cool. Passion transforms a job into a calling. Now think about that. If you've ever had a calling on your life, the way you do that thing that you're called to do, I'm pretty sure is more inspired <laughs> to catch that inspired, but also you just, you give more to it than if it's just a job. If it's just a job, you're like, eh, okay, I could do C work as opposed to A or B work. And it's okay, it'll get me through, also get paid, that sort of thing. But when it's a calling, it's not about the money. It's about what it produces. So the passion, so important. Number three, we need a willingness to empower others. You heard me say that before. It is so important. The best leaders unleash higher performance through empowerment, not command or control. Because when we're telling somebody to do it, 
again, we're going to get that same level. We're probably going to get that C level, barely passing, barely acceptable level of work. But when we empower others, they're going to exceed any expectations we may have had in our minds. You can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. Fits me. As much as I like to be in control, first of all, it's kind of a misnomer. It's not really possible to be in control, but that's a different issue altogether. I'd rather have growth than control. So when I help others, when I empower others, when I help them grow, it makes me grow. Let's delegate authority, not tasks. It's easy to delegate tasks. That's not hard to do. Isn't that what we do with our kids many times when they're growing up, telling them to do certain chores and that sort of thing? Even as a dad, I have learned to do that a little bit. I'm not great at it yet, but I'm getting better at learning how to delegate authority to my kids. And when I do that, again, I start to see those same kind of results, not like the not barely passing sort of stuff to wildly exceeding my expectations on things when I empower them through giving them authority to do things. And let me mention an example of this, which is a fabulous example, and I love it. Horst Schultz was one of the founders of the Ritz-Carlton. And uh, he wrote a book, and I will put that in the show notes. Uh, it's a fabulous book about excellence, excellence in work. But one of the things he talks about a decision they made relatively early on with the Ritz-Carlton is they wanted to empower their people to make decisions. Um, the Ritz-Carlton is a very high-end hotel, if you didn't know that. And the folks who stay there have a certain level of expectation of having these needs met. And they were running into challenges. You know, guests would come up with these things and... The folks they would talk to didn't have the authority to make decisions and they'd have to go ask a manager. And so what they decided to do at that time was to put a figure on it. And the figure was this, $3,000. So when a guest would come to them and say they had an issue with something, every person who worked there, even down to folks who were like washing the clothes, when a guest came to them with a problem they were having, they had the authority to make decisions up to $3,000. Anything above that, they would have to get permission. But most things were taken care of with that. So they would be taken care of and the employees were empowered. Wow. I mean, how cool is that? Talk about giving authority to the folks who needed it in order to make the decisions they needed to at the moment they needed to make it. Fantastic. Love that. What an example that is. And lastly, we have to have courage as leaders. If we really want to lead people well, we have to have courage. We have to have the courage to be real, to be transparent, to be vulnerable, humble, full of integrity, and honest. We have to step into the role we're given and lead with passion and integrity. And people can tell, especially that passion part, if we're not leading with passion, they know it because passion inspires. And if we're not leading with passion, no one's going to be inspired. And many times we won't be inspired as the leaders. So if we're not full of passion, why should anybody else be? 
So that's kind of how I want to wrap things up today. This whole idea of leadership and how important it is and to become a great leader and to identify some of those things that can tell you if you're becoming a great leader or if you're not, and if you aren't, what things you could be working on to get better. I hope this was helpful to you today. This is certainly something we can talk more about going forward because it is a subject I love dearly talking about leadership. If you found any value in this, please let me know. Would love to hear back from you about that. Uh, please, again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, subscribe on YouTube. Would love to know your thoughts. All feedback is very welcome. If you send me a direct message, I'll be more than happy to respond back to you. One last thing, and I don't ask for this often, but I will ask for a response from you all related to this. If there is either a subject matter you would like for me to cover, or if there are particular guests you think would be great to have on this show, please let me know. Would love to hear back from you about those things because it will help us provide some more direction for the show and to be able to give you the things that both that you want and that you need. So thank you so much for spending some of your time with me. Again, I'm honored that you chose to do that. Have a fabulous day and I will look forward to seeing and talking with you all very soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.